Okay. Hi guys, so welcome back. So today, I know it's been a while since I've had a guest, but I'm so excited to have a guest today and excited to talk to Sam. We are Instagram buddies. We have a shared a business coach. So we clearly are in alignment with just a lot of our ideas and the way we work. Um, we're both mompreneurs. And Sam is... Um, her specialty, I guess, is mindset, mindset and money for moms. So she helps women radically shift their mindset so that they can build the family and the financial, financial life that they crave. Um, and I just think this topic is so fun and so like, it gets me so fired up and I just want to talk about it because not enough women talk about money and talk about like having the family life that you love, but also having the financial life that you love. And I think that it's in my DMs, at least it's like a conversation that I have with so many moms where it's like, feels like it has to be one or the other, especially kind of this millennial mom generation where we're like, it's not as, easy to get a job right out of college or your salary is not as high and like things just don't look like our parents like like it did so I'm just so excited to talk to you and yeah we're just gonna jump right in and just it's gonna be kind of conversational so if there's anything that you want to add to that that I missed um no go I for just it say, thank you for having me I'm so excited to be here I know you and I have had so many great conversations in the dms and on your page last week. And I just, I love these conversations because we think so similarly that it's fun to be able to like unpack things and hear different perspectives that are still within the same realm. And I'm just so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So I'm just going to dive right in. So one of the topics that has been like really on my heart lately has been this idea of like letting go of the supposed tos and when I say supposed tos, I'm more talking like societal supposed tos. Like you're supposed to go to college, get a job, work until you're what, 65 and then retire. And like, then you get to be happy and live your life. And you're supposed to have 2.5 kids and you're supposed to send them to school, you know, like, and I just think your story is so interesting. So maybe we just start there. Like, what is your story? Cause you kind of started out on that supposed to route, but then you like shifted. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I have, I have a unique story in that I grew up in an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial home. So my hmm. dad owned an oil and gas company and growing up, my mom stayed home, raised us. My dad worked, but I recognized from a younger age, like in my teens 20s that the lifestyle the family life that my parents had wasn't maybe what I wanted I love them dearly I am so grateful for everything that they did my dad made a very significant income my mom stayed home and worked really hard with the home and raising three kids and getting us to activities and all those things but the money that my dad made came with a lot of time input, right? Where he worked 60, 70, 80, 100 hours a week. Like he would go to the office at 7 a.m., work all day, come home, maybe eat dinner and be back in his office. I remember him working at home all the time, always being in his office. And so my parents ended up divorcing. And obviously I don't know all the intricacies, but I look at it and go, 
yeah, like I think when you don't spend a ton of time together and you grow apart and like one person's going this way and one person's going that way, it makes it hard to hold a marriage together. Um, so coming out of high school, I, I knew I wanted to make a lot of money because I grew up horseback riding, um, show jumping and horses are very, very expensive. <laughs> and so I knew, okay, if I want to have this hobby, I need to figure out how to be rich because I, like you just, you can't do it any other way. It's a rich man's sport. It just is what it is. And so I was like, I need to make a lot of money. So I looked at law school purely for the fact that there was a lady that rode horses that had four or five horses that every horse show would sit on her laptop in the stands. And she was a lawyer and she was working at the horse show and had all these horses and they were really nice. And I was like, Hey, if she is a lawyer and this is the lifestyle she has, okay, maybe being a lawyer would be a good idea. And so I thought about that. And then I found out law school was eight years. And I was like, <laughs> no way. Like, I didn't like the first 12 years of school and now you want me to pay you like the first 12 years are free and now you want me to pay you to go for another eight like no there's just no way <laughs> like that seems silly um and so I kind of scrapped that right it's like oh no never mind um and so I scrapped the law school idea and then my next thing was, you know, you kind of hear, right? That was the first thing you heard was go to school, get good grades, get a job, you'll be successful. And then I was like, oh, hang on a second. I'm like, okay, don't want that. The next thing I heard was do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. And I call it now, and I know this is different for everybody, but what I call it now is do what you love. You won't make any money and, and you won't love it anymore. Because I took my passion of horseback riding mm. and... <laughs> I turned it into a business at 19. So my mom was into horses. We started a barn together, did that for a few years. And the first 18 months are fun of anything, right? Taylor, you're like, the, the, it's exciting and new and all those things. And so the you do it. Phase. What's that? The honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase, exactly. Right? So did that, but I was so broke, so tired. Like horses are a hobby sport. I started my business in 08. Yeah, 08 which was right when the recession hit. So what do people, when people can't afford to put food on their table, they're not paying for their kids to have horseback riding lessons and buying nicer horses. Mm. So it's a really hard time. You, the horseback riding industry, it's very, um, it's just a little bit different. So it's, it's a little bit harder to break into. You have to have a lot of money to even start to make money. And even then it's like very, can be very challenging to stay afloat. And like I said, it's a hobby sport, right? So did that for a couple of years, got super burnt out, lost my passion for it. I still love horses. I just, I, I remember vividly this horse I was riding for a client. I was riding around on it. It reared up, flipped over and landed like right beside me, almost on top of me. And I remember laying in the dirt thinking like, is this really what I'm going to do? Like put my body and my life in danger to make money riding people's problem horses because when you're new in the industry, you have to take any client that you can get because you need the money. Like you literally need to pay your bills. Yeah. And so I was riding horses that like were trying to buck me off and like slamming me into the wall. And I'm like, this just, this doesn't seem like the best lifestyle. Right. Wow. And so the recession hit, um, I owed my dad some money. He called me up. He's like, I need a receptionist as of Monday. So you're coming to work for me. So um, I didn't want to, I don't know about you, Taylor, but I'm not a nine to five office job person. <laughs> nope. And I've done it. And it did not, I, I was like crawling out of my skin and it was such like a nice, it was like the best person I could have worked for. And it's like, so nice, but it was just like, I am losing my, 
mind. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, like I said, I grew up in an entrepreneurial home, so I wasn't afraid of working hard. Like, gosh, when I was 16, I used to braid horses' manes at the horse shows and make $30 a horse. And I would do 10 a night, like a 16 year old making $300 a night in six hours. Like I wasn't afraid to work hard. My parents instilled in me a, a really great work ethic, even though they had the money, they still made us work for things, which I'm so grateful for. Um, but I was like, dad, I don't want to sit in office and work for you. Like that just sounds so boring. And he's like, well, you owe $30,000. So you don't really have an option, dude. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you on Monday. So started working for him. I went from reception and customer service and purchasing, moved into marketing, became an executive assistant to him in the VP of finance, took over the front office, like managed it. Anyways, kind of climbed my way up the corporate ladder over a couple of years. And <laughs> excuse me, you know what people say? Like, like we're so proud of you. Look at your job. You have like your, you know, your status quo, like Monday to Friday, nine to five. And I know we were talking about this on in the DMs of like, I just, you know, for my post yesterday, I was like, like everybody's like, you're so successful. And I'm like, this is success. Uh-huh. Like, like this is what people think that success is for 40, 50, 60 years is just like grinding it out. And like some people love that. They love the stability. But for me, I was like, this sounds like a death sentence, like Monday to Friday, paycheck to paycheck, you get your two days of freedom. You try to cram everything in on the weekend. And I'm like, how do I work so hard to be so broke? Right? Like, well, one thing I find so interesting about your story, sorry to interrupt, is that you didn't actually think that ahead of time. It wasn't like, okay, mm -hmm. this is what I'm supposed to do to be successful. So I'm going to go get this office job. It was like, after you already had it, people were saying that to you and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> That's so and funny. When I first got the job, I'm not going to lie, like used to forgetting a paycheck every two weeks, like up until that point in my life, I had never worked a job that was like, you go for two weeks and you get a paycheck. I had always had jobs that were like, you work for this person at the horse show. So you work for five days and then you get paid at the end. And then you have another contract with this person that you work for. You braid this horse's mane. So there's no stability to it. So there was a little bit of excitement at the beginning of like, ooh, like every two weeks, I'm going to get a paycheck. Like, th that's kind of cool. Like, I can actually have some money. That's what I thought. But then you've been doing it for long enough. And I'm sure you and your husband can relate. It's like, I bought a house. I owned a truck. And like, <laughs> you start to make money. And then when you own a house, stuff happens. So like the washing machine broke. And I'm like, Okay, I need a new washing machine. Then there was a big hailstorm and my roof got hail damage. And you know, everybody's like, but you have insurance. I'm like, yeah, but there's still a thousand dollar deductible. Right? Like it's not like it's just all covered by insurance. You know, mm -hmm. I just felt like every time I turned around, I don't know if you read my post a few months back, but I was talking about how like one year I need a new winter tires. And the tire guy's like, you really need new winter tires. And I was like, uh, like, I don't think so. I think these will last another year, another winter. And like we live in Alberta where we get like four or five feet of snow. Like it's winter here, like four or five feet of snow with like minus 40 weather. Like you, you need winter tires. And yeah. here I am at 23, 24 negotiating with this tire guy being like, no, 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 no. Be okay. For one more season. All because I didn't want to spend the $1,200. Yeah. Because I didn't have it. Like I, and that just boggled my mind. I'm like, people keep telling me I'm successful, but yet I don't have any money in my bank account and I'm going backwards. 
how is that so conflicting yeah right yeah and so I was just so frustrated with like what were people talking about and I remember having this conversation with the gal that worked in my dad's office and I was like okay like you do mid-level accounting you have a couple kids like how do you like have time for your family like I know you want to move up she's like honestly Sam she's like i I don't want to move up in the company. I was like, why? She's like, because it would mean sacrificing my family. I wouldn't see my kids. I wouldn't take them to sports. She's like, so I'd rather stay right here in the middle, make a decent wage and be able to clock it, clock out at 4.30 and go home to my family. Because she's like, and that to me, I'm an ambitious person. I'm like the run the world. I'm going to run a company. So in my head, I'm like, I don't understand how I'm going to run a company climb the corporate ladder. Cause at this point I was in the corporate world. So that was kind of what I was thinking was, okay, so I'm just going to climb the corporate ladder, have a family, be able to fulfill my dream of like owning a company, running a company, kind of like being the boss. I don't know why I love, I love being in charge. <laughs> um, right. I want, I wanted the control. So I'm like, I want this, but then I also want to like have a great family life and raise my kids. And I just, I, I was so confused. And what I saw is you have to give up one for the other. You're either going to be a great career woman in this traditional corporate path and your kids will probably go to daycare or you'll have a nanny. But even at that, if you run the company, you're not working 40 hours a week. You're working 60, 70, 80. So you're working at night. You're working on Saturday, all of these things. Or you maybe take a lesser job where you're bored out of your mind because it's the same stuff every single day but you maybe get more of a family life or then you're a stay-at-home mom living on one income, which even 15 years ago, I was like, well, I guess this would have been 10 years ago. It was really hard to live on one income. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't know how people do it. I don't either. And it's so, it's so different. Like our stories are really different, but the parallel, one of the parallels that I'm seeing is I remember having that aha moment because I, my background is in culinary arts. I went to culinary school. I'm a trained chef. I was working with a catering company and then helped open um, like a theater restaurant um, kind of concept. And I was, I got promoted there quickly because the boss left and it was a whole cluster situation, but I was working a lot and it was one of those situations where because I was technically in charge at the time, like if the dishwasher didn't show up, like I was washing dishes or if I was getting in trouble for labor costs for having too many guys on, like I was back doing their job. Like it was, I was realizing how much I was having to work. And then I was also kind of, you know, throughout the course of a few years, I was also in this catering company that I remember she offered me a position as like second in command officially with like a salary and with the expectation that, you know, once you're on salary, especially like in a kitchen situation, like it's not 40 hours. It's not. They it's, own you. They own you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, no way. And when I had that aha moment that I don't want my boss's job because I want a family, I was like, I've got to make a change. Like if I, because I'm the same way as you, I'm so ambitious. 
I want to be in charge. I want to be on top. I want to, I've got big dreams, but I'm like, but if the big dreams aren't also coming with the life that I want, then I'm, I'm clearly on the wrong path. Like something is not fitting. This totally. Same. 100% Taylor. And that was me too. That was kind of like, and I love my, I love my dad. I love my mom. And like I said, I'm so grateful for what they did, but that was kind of an epiphany for me because my dad and I had a conversation about, okay, like maybe I could over 10 years kind of like shadow him and take over the company because it was my grandfather's. It was his dad's company originally that was started in seven in the seventies. And then my dad took it over. My dad, I wanted it to stay in the, in, in the family. Mm -hmm. But the more I got into it, the more I saw everything that was entailed, the more I really clued into like, okay, my dad was never really like there when I was growing up. He worked a lot. He has a lot of stress. He has a high risk business. He has no retirement date in sight. He, you know, he has to deal with all of these fires all the time. And like, he was always stressed out. Like I worked for him. So I saw it firsthand, not just at home, but in the office. And that's when it, like, I just, I was like, I, I don't care if it's going to make me a million dollars a year. If I am stressed out and burnt out and have, and lose my marriage, like, yeah, if I can't relationship, if I, if it's not conducive to a family life, like what, what's it worth? Right. Like, and how can you even enjoy the time that you do have off or like, okay, how can you enjoy the money that you're making? If you don't actually have the time to enjoy the money that you're making. Yes. So like, okay, so what happened? Like, did you get presented with something? Did you seek something else out? Like, what was that like with you, like making a shift away from that? Yeah. So a friend of mine in the horse industry and I, at that time, were actually writing up business plans to import horses from Argentina. Holy cow. You buy them, I know, super random, but you can buy them way cheaper down there bring them into Canada, show them for a season and sell them. And they just sell for a higher price here. Um, so we like had business plans. I have them on my computer. We had them drawn up. We had like meetings with investors. We were like asking people, do you want to invest a quarter million dollars? Like we're like punk 23, 24 year old kids essentially asking people for money. But we were so passionate. I was so passionate. About, There's got to be another way. I cannot do this office thing for my entire life. I was still hesitant about the horse thing though, because I love horseback riding, but the lifestyle in that industry is very like you're on the road, you're horse showing. If you want to be a high level competitive coach, you're probably gone two weeks a month from March till October. So it's, it's a little bit harder to have a family. Obviously riding while pregnant is a little bit hard. Then you have the postpartum period. So there was still things in my brain that I was like, oh, but I was saying, I'm like, if these are all the options, you know, I'm making a circle with my hands. If these are the options, all the ways of making money, what we pick is based on what we know. So if you only know of this little triangle, this little piece of the pie, that's why a lot of times when you meet somebody that's a teacher, if you're like, well, why did you become a teacher? They're like, well, my mom was a teacher. My grandma was a teacher. Or if you meet somebody that's a nurse, they're like, my grandma was a nurse. My aunt was a nurse. Like a lot of times people well, all the time, we only know what we know, right? I remember meeting this gal at yoga that was an art curator and she's like, yeah, I'm an art curator. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't even know what that is. She buys art, she sources out art for museums. And I'm like, cool. I did not even know that that was a job. So mm -hmm. how would I have ever picked that to do when you don't know what's available? People don't know what they want until you show them what's available, Yeah. right? Um. And you and I can have a whole conversation about that with birth, because I think that's, that comes in when like providers don't tell people what's available. So they don't know that it's 
an option 100%, 100%. or um, but for me, so I, my, I was kind of on this path of maybe I'm going to take over the company. My dad sent me, he's like, you need to learn leadership skills, which I scoffed at. Cause I'm like, I know leadership skills. I run a business. I'm 24 years old. He's like, uh-huh. Okay. Um, so he sent me to this leadership course and I sat beside the gal and, um, I'll, I'll never forget. She was like, yeah, my friends, they're 30 and 31 and they're retired. And I was like, what are you smoking? Because like my dad is 53. He is not retired. And he, and I was very sad to see. I was like, he owns an oil and gas company and he's not retired. So like, I don't know what you think you're talking about, but there's no way, you know, people that are 30 and retired. And she's from Nova Scotia, the East coast of Canada. And so they're just very like non-offendable. And she kind of just was like, oh, okay. I like changed the conversation. Hmm. Went home that night and I laid in bed like I did every night for six months leading up thinking, what am I going to do? What's the point? Is this really what my life is coming down to is like Monday to Friday, paycheck to paycheck, live for the weekend, like have your 2.5 kids and like fit into the status quo and like pray to God that you make enough money to go on your token one vacation a year. Like at this point you did not have kids. I did not. No, I hadn't even met my husband, but I knew I wanted kids. Yeah. Um, like desperately, like, which yeah. is a whole funny story. Cause up until I was 22, I said I would never have children. So the lot changed in a couple of years. Dang. Um, yeah. Well, I'll have to tell you that story another day, but, um, but I knew at that point that I wanted kids. I wanted to be a mom. I, w- I wanted all those things. And I was just like, there's, there's gotta be a better way. And so I remember the next day I said to her, I'm like, can I meet your friends? Mm-hmm. And she was like, what? what? And I was like, okay. So my dad always taught me growing up. He's like, <clears throat> If you want to, if you want to play golf, you would go ask somebody who's good at golf. You wouldn't ask your grandma, right? So if you want something, you need to find somebody that has the results you want and get them to teach you. That's and I think that this lesson, right? I think this is something that people forget about so much in two areas, money, financial advice and relationships. They take advice from people that have not great marriages and then they wonder why the relationship doesn't get better. They take advice from people that don't have the financial life they want and then they wonder why they never get ahead. It's And I'm not saying that the person has to be filthy, stinking rich, but they need to be farther down the path than you and like going in the direction you want to go, right? They don't have to be all the way to the end of the path. They just have to be five, six steps ahead of you, right? And so- we do this with sports. Of course, my dad's analogy made sense. It's like, if you want to learn how to play golf, you're not going to be like, grandma, I know you don't play golf, but you should teach me. Like, that would be silly. So well, why I, just would you- like, I just want to highlight the piece of what you said <laughs> about going down the path that you want. Because we're not just talking about, like, asking people that have success that you see. Like, okay, maybe they have a great marriage, but maybe they have an open relationship and you don't want that. Like, or maybe they do have financial success like your dad did, but they don't have the lifestyle that you want. So like, it is important to couple those two things together. And I just highlight that. So yeah, keep going, keep going. I love, and that's such a good point, Taylor, because I had this conversation with a gal that just started uh, university last night the babysits for us, I said, you know, just whatever you're going to do, I would find somebody that's been doing that for 15 or 20 years. And don't just talk to them about what they love about their job. Find out what is their family life like? What is their marriage like? What is their, you know, do they travel? Like, if those things are important to you, like, if you want to travel, 
figure out like, do they go on trips or are they so tied up at work that they never can get away from the office? Right. I think, yeah. So it's just, we need to look at the holistic picture. <laughs> and so for me, I was like, I need to meet your friends because in my head, and this was just like a come to Jesus talk. I have a faith. You don't have to like, I love everybody, whatever they believe. But for me, I had this little talk with God laying in bed that night where he was like, Sam, for six months, you have said, there's got to be a better way. What am I going to do? What's the point of life? How do I get ahead? And like now this maybe something, maybe nothing is dropped in your lap and you are automatically throwing up red flags, getting skeptical, pushing it away. Why? And I was like, oh, okay. And I think this is the thing is I think so often people are scared to learn about something new, not because they're actually scared of like, is it legit or anything like that? But because they're like, well, what if it actually is? What if it actually is as good as it seems? And what if I'm not willing to change and grow to actually get what I want? But now I know that it's out there, but I don't, I'm not willing to do the work to actually go get it. Ooh, right? I think it's the responsibility back on you and you don't want that responsibility. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and I think like, this is the same thing with birth, right? It's like, people can throw it off. Well, that just wasn't an option for me. It's like, well, actually, did you go do the due diligence of like, what hospital am I going to be at? And, and all of these things that like, would have maybe allowed you some different choices or whatever, right? And once again, it's like hindsight can be 2020. But I think a lot of the times we would rather pawn things off and, and play the victim. Sorry, this is getting a little bit. No, go there. People smack. But I think sometimes we'd rather play the victim. Like my life's so hard. Oh, we don't make enough money. Blah, 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 blah. I wish I had more time with my kids. More time. But then you're pre presented with an opportunity and it's like, well, but yeah, I could never do that. It's like, no, you are just choosing not to change and grow to build the life that you say you want. You would rather talk about it and wish and pray about it without doing the work. Right. And so for taking me, radical taking radical responsibility for your choices and your life is really, really empowering, but it's also terrifying. A lot of accountability and people yeah. don't want that accountability. It's hard to muster. I mean, even you and I, I'm sure we come up against this all the time in our own lives. I mean, when we sit down and have to take radical responsibility for our choices, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, that was me. I did make that decision. Like, yeah. Yeah. And my husband and I have this conversation all the time where we're like, oh, sorry. Like, because people will say like, oh, he made me feel a certain way. And like Adam, sometimes my husband will be like, oh, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Like if I got snappy him, oh, I got snappy him because he did something that annoyed me. He's like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm like, I would appreciate if you didn't in the future, but I want to take responsibility for the fact that I am in control of my reaction. I get to choose how I respond. And I did not need to get all huffy or whatever I did because I get to control how I react. And yeah. I think that's really hard in our society nowadays because we live in a society where it's like, well, she made me feel this way. He made me do this. My kid made me mad. It's like, well, actually, you are in control of your emotions. We're getting off on a soapbox. I'm sorry. I'll wrap <laughs> No, because this, this part of it ties into the mindset stuff that we're getting at. And it's so important to understand. And I have done like, I've done some content on this topic um, of like, 
your nobody can make you feel anything. They can't. Yeah. And I catch myself when I say that to someone or like, you know, sometimes I find myself saying it to my kids. I'm like, you are making me so frustrated right now. And I'm like, no, you're not. I, I And then I will even like rephrase and like regurgitate or like take it back. And I'm like, I am feeling frustrated right now. Or your behavior is frustrating me, but like, you're not making me feel anything. I'm having thoughts about what you're doing. And I could change those thoughts in an instant. And not to say that that's easy because it's not easy, but it is the truth. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. So, okay. So you, did you talk to these people, these yeah. higher so, 30 year old? I vote for coffee. I meet my, my now mentor, one of my best friends, Alicia. And I'm like, okay, like start getting to know her. She's like, yeah, uh, we have two kids a third on the way. I'm like, okay, so you're at home with the kids. Like that makes sense. You're a stay at home mom. I'm like, cool. So what does your husband do? She's like, well, we built an income online that replaced both of our incomes in three years. So he's at home with us too. And I was like, so like, you don't work? And she's like, well, no, we work, but like we work about 15 to 20 hours a week between the two of us. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so tell me like, what you do today. She's like, well, she's like, our kids pick us up. We get up, we have breakfast. You know, we usually go do some sort of activity in the morning. Like we go to swimming or to the zoo or whatever. Then we come home, we have lunch, the kids have a nap. We might do a little bit of work while the kids nap. Then the kids get up, we have dinner as a family, and then we typically go do a few hours of work in the evening after the kids are in bed. We'll hire a babysitter and go out and have a couple meetings or whatever. That's what we did last night. We had a meeting last night after our kids were in bed. And I was baffled. Like, honestly, I was baffled. I was like, that is what I want. I want to be able to, and this is why something, I don't think Alicia said it like this, but this is how I interpreted it. She Something she said was along the lines of, we wanted to live full-time and work part-time rather than working full-time and putting the rest of our life in the cracks of time that our job gives us off. Yes. That is exactly what I want. I want to live my life full-time. I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm not afraid of carving time out to, you know, do work and sit down at my computer or whatever, but I didn't want it to be eight, nine, 10 hours a day where then my kids, I talk with this a lot. Who's getting the leftovers of you? You're you go to your job and you give your boss the best hours of your day, the best energy you have to make money. And then you give your kids and your spouse, your leftover energy and time and resources at the end of the day when you're drained and that's fine. But then it grinds my gears when people then say, but money's not important. And I'm like, well, that's funny because you just gave the best hours of your day to go make money. And then you gave your leftovers to your family. So like, if money wasn't important, wouldn't we, like, let's just all get to the point where we just acknowledge that money is important and we all need it, right? Like, I want to be filthy, stinking rich. I just want to do it in a way that aligns with me having a lot of family time and having a great marriage and be able to sew into my relationships and all those things. So anyways, long story short, I pursued them. I got in their back pocket. They they taught me how to build an income online through a network marketing business model um, that took about two and a half years um and we well I met my husband about two and a half years into me owning my business um maybe two years into owning my business um and then between him and I we had eighty thousand dollars of debt so we took about 11 months to pay off eighty thousand dollars of debt we worked hard 
Um, and like, we were, we were fanatical. We were like, we're not eating out. We're not traveling. We're not doing anything. Every bonus is going on to that. Paid off $80,000 of debt, paid for a wedding in cash, got married. And then I had actually quit my job before our wedding. And the plan was for me to go get like a casual serving job. And only because we were planning on having kids for a couple of years. I had really chronic migraines before our wedding. Um, and so we were trying to get my health figured out. And then I was going to get a serving job and I was going to work just shifts when Adam was away because he works a week out of town and then he's home for a week. So the thing about my full-time job is he would be home on his week off and I'd still have to go to the office. Mm. So we're like, okay, we, we've now paid up all our debt. We have more money coming in. Let's align our life more and spending time with each other, right? Let's start to align more in those values of what's important because it's not like it has to be all at once. It was like little baby steps, right? Yeah, yeah. So I quit my job before our wedding. We got married and four days after our wedding, I got rear-ended and got whiplash and a concussion. Oh. And like it sent my migraines over the top. Like I'm talking like days upon days where I couldn't get out of bed without blacking out. It was so bad. Um, and so Adam just looked at me and he's like, babe, we, we don't need your income. Like we're debt free outside of our mortgage. We have money in the bank. We have my income plus our business income. Why don't you just not work? Like work our business, but like just as much as you can. But he said to me, he's like, I want you to focus on your health. Like without your health, you have nothing. And we want to have a family and I want you to be healthy. And I just think like, how powerful is that? That we could actually live out of our values. Like that's such a little thing, but be able to be like, you should prioritize your health because it's more important than you getting the serving job to work a few shifts a month for the extra money, like to actually prioritize that and be able to get healthy and go to physio appointments and Cairo and massage and like rest and take a nap and like let my body heal was so powerful. Right. And so I, I never went that's little at all. I mean, it seems little, but it's actually huge. I mean, that's huge to be able to have put yourself in the position to be able to make that choice because you were taking baby steps because you were aligning your actions with moving towards the life that you wanted. It wasn't like you instantly had this life that was like perfect, but you were doing things each day and not letting the excuses of whatever, well, that's not a real job or that doesn't count or whatever, get in the way. Totally. And I think that's the thing that people forget is that we so badly want that instant gratification, right? Like, did I think I was going to get in a car accident? No, that's not why I started my business. Like, yeah, I started my business for the freedom, but I thought it was going to come in the form of like gallivanting around. And I did end up getting to like, before I had Brayden, I rode horses every day and my migraine settled down. I was able to like ride and have a nap every day when I was pregnant. Like it was great. I rode up till I was like 27 weeks pregnant because I felt so good because my body was in such good shape. I had taken such good care of it. But I think that's the thing that I, I, I talk about a lot is people want it to be like, I'm going to start a business. And next week I'm going to like have this dream life. It's like, no, that's not like you have to take those baby steps and you have to trust that like you are on the path to getting closer to the dream life that you want. And it's going to happen in increments and things are going to pop up that you're going to be like, I'm so grateful that I put the work in two years ago to be able to have that. Like since I started my business, paid off all our debt, paid for our wedding in cash, quit my job, 
got to take care of my health. Like I go for a 90 minute massage every two weeks because my body, like it needs it after horseback riding, getting in so many accidents is accidents. And then being pregnant twice and, you know, postpartum and breastfeeding and all those things, my body was like ruined. So I put a lot of money into my body. Um, Adam was able to take off. He took off three weeks when we had Brayden and then he took off four and a half months when we had our second. So he was home. Like that's because of digging our well years ago and putting money in the bank and like building up our savings. Like remember our mentor said to us, they're like, do you have a savings account? I'm like, yeah, we have a thousand dollars. And Alicia looked at me and she's like, well, you should have like six to 12 months of living expenses in your savings. Like that's a savings account. And I'm like six to 12 months, like nobody teaches you that. She's like, well, yeah, because then heaven forbid Adam was to lose his job or something was to happen. Like you're covered and walking into COVID happening with us having six figures, like we had 18 months of living expenses in our bank account, walking into when COVID happened, not knowing if he was going to get laid off. It was like the financial stress was so minimal because we were like, well, like we can figure it out, right? Like it's just all of these things that it's like, dig, I always say like, dig your ball before you're thirsty, put the work in now, start getting on the path of your dream life, put the baby steps in daily and trust that like everything you're doing is going to give you a better, brighter future. It sounds so corny, but like it yeah. is right. Like, and setting yourself up for things that might happen in the future or things that you might change and decide that are important to you. Right. Well, and I want to go back to something you said, cause you're like, I think people think that like, okay, I'm going to start this thing and then I'm going to be successful tomorrow. But then I think there's also the flip of that where people think if they're not successful tomorrow, next week, next year, you know, whatever, that they're failing. So it's like acknowledging that as long as you are taking steps towards the thing, you don't have to have the thing yet, but you do need to be doing something like, I don't want to say every day, but like every single week, you know, you know, spread it out throughout your week, however you're going to do it. But like, you have to be doing something every single week that is moving the needle towards the life that you want. Because if you get stuck in this hamster wheel of like, I'm literally just living yeah, and not thinking about the future at all, like, you will wake up in five, 10 years and you will be in the exact same spot or worse and regret it. And, you know, I fall victim to this of like, why isn't it happening faster? Why isn't it happening? You know, why hasn't it happened yet? Instead of like, where was I five years ago? <laughs> where am I now? And where would I be if I had just stuck with the path that I was on? Yeah, like totally, totally. It makes me it cringy. Like, like it makes me be like, oh my god, I can't even imagine. Like, it's like oh, my worst nightmare thinking about like going back five years and that being my rea- my reality yeah. now with three kids and two more on the way. Like, if I had followed that path, like. I don't even know. (laughs) Yeah. I think one thing that really helped me was I had to, I had to define what success meant to me because I think we live in this world where we have destinationitis or I don't know what the word word is, but that's what I'll call it. Where we're like, when I do this, then I'll be happy. When I accomplish this, then I'll be successful. And 
I think like, and I, I did a live on this on Sunday about talking about, you have to really learn. And this is where a coach comes into play in helping you cultivate this because you're going to, you're going to be on the pendulum where you go one way or the other. One side is I'm so grateful for what we have now. My life is so amazing, but you're not do, like, you're almost in denial where you're telling yourself that like what you have is good enough. And so you're not working for any more, even though deep down you have goals and dreams, you're just so stuck in the like YOLO, you only live once, like just be grateful for what you have today. Or you go so far the other way, which is what I did a lot. And this is something where, because I'm an ambitious woman, I'm sure you can relate to this, Taylor, where it was very much like, I'm not like, I'm not where I want to be. Like, gosh, like I'll be successful when I'll be happy when, and I never enjoyed the now I never so I was I was miserable I had zero joy in my life because I was like well I just gotta hustle 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 because when I get to this point then I can relax and enjoy my life and then I would get there and then I'm like no 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 but, but like when I get to this point then I can relax and enjoy my life and so for me my definition of success is really being able to like soak into the moment into the now put your phone away enjoy your family have great family time. Like I want to be a present mom, a present wife, invest into my relationship with my husband, with my kids. I want to, um, everywhere I go, go, my goal is always, how can I be the light? How can I walk in and fill the room with light and make people feel so great when I'm there where they feel loved and encouraged and uplifted. And I'm not perfect at this because some days I have bad days too. People are like, well, how do you do that when you have a bad day? I'm like, I have a pep talk with myself before I walk in the room. And I'm like, Sam, it's not about you. It's not about you, right? It's about walking into the room and being like, okay, who can I serve today? Right. And so that's who I want to be in the present while also working hard for, we want my husband to be able to quit his job. Um, you know, we want to be able to have these things in the future. We want him to be able to take six months off if we have another baby, all these things. So I can enjoy the now while also working for the future and be excited. And you can have both, right? And I think that's where, like I said, a coach comes in because this has taken me years of like going one side to the other, one side to the other and having a coach be like, okay, you're getting a little bit too like hustly and like not enjoying the now. Like let's plan some family time. Let's plan like take take an hour off and go to the park and really put your phone away and soak into the moment. And the fact that like what you have now, you dreamed of five, 10 years ago. Like this is a dream come true. Like sometimes I sit on my couch watching my kids play and I'm like, my husband's on the floor with them. And I'm like, I dreamed about this. Yeah. Like, almost I'm like brought to tears thinking about it because I'm like, this was my dream five years ago. Right. But then I think sometimes people then go that way where they're like, I have a dream. And it's like, but do you? Because stuff is going to happen in the future. So why not continue working so that when something pops up, you have, more choices, more options. That's what I'm so passionate about with the money pieces. Go make more money so that you have more choices and options in how you can spend your time and all of those things. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of my definition of a success. Yeah, I think that that's vital is knowing what success is to you because I say so often, and this goes back to exactly how we started this conversation of like letting go of the supposed to's because we can look at what success looks like for other people, especially on social media and think like she has the nice, big, perfect house, or she has the X, Y, Z thing. And you might think, well, that's what success looks like. So that's what I have to have. When in reality, 
you don't really give a shit about any of that. And like, you just want to be able to like road trip around in your RV or go on vacation. Like you would rather spend your money on those things or whatever it is. And if we don't sit down and get quiet and define what we actually want first, we can't make the roadmap. We can't start taking the baby steps because we don't know what we're taking steps towards. Um, And I think you and I are so similar in the fact that we swing too far to that other pendulum of like always in the future, always living in the future. But I do want to talk about these women that live in the, like, it's good enough. And maybe they're not the ones that originally told themselves that maybe it was a parent or it's their friends that they're surrounding themselves with or whatever. But these women that are like, this is just, this is just how it has to be for the next five years while my kids are little or, you know, you know, I'll I'll get to that. I'll get to that when my kids are in kindergarten or, you know, maybe I'll start that thing in the fall when my kids go back to school, but the summer's too busy. And then the fall rolls around and they're like, oh, with back to school, it's Mm -hmm. too busy. And then the holidays are here. Oh, the holidays, it's too busy. And then the winter rolls around and they're like, oh, nobody's doing anything, getting out. I'll just wait until the spring. And then the spring rolls around. They're like, oh no, activities and sports, it's too busy. And then the summer's back. You know, it's like, what do you think of those women? that are like stuck in the, like you said before, they're stuck in the excuses. And it is, this is some tough love coming out if you're listening to this and like the word excuse feels triggering. Think about it as something else. If it's not excuse, say reason. (laughs) Um, You're not prioritizing the life that you really want. Because you are letting this excuse run you and you are holding on to it. And maybe it's a list, but what is that saying? Like you get to keep the excuses you fight for or something like that. And like, if you continue to fight for it's never a right time or I have to wait till my kids are older or this is just what being a mom is. Like I have to just make sacrifices because moms make sacrifices. Like, we're fine on one income. Like, no, we don't get to do like the vacations and stuff, but we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. Like how you try to swing the pendulum a little bit more into like, you can be grateful for the now, but you also deserve a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a couple thoughts on this. So number one, I just, I want to, I'm going to be a little vulnerable with you here. Um, I have two amazing kids that we had very easily and we've been trying to have a third and it hasn't happened yet. And it's interesting because societally, I haven't talked about it a lot with a lot of people because I feel guilty. And this is something I've worked through a lot and I feel a lot less guilty, but I've had a lot of guilt around wanting another child and not getting it. And like, I know that there's moms out there that don't even have one. Mm-hmm. or people that women that want to be moms that don't even have one, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I've had to work through this a lot in the fact that I think our society really, really wants us to play small and not want for more. And we're taught, especially as women, oh my gosh, how dare you want more? How dare you want more money? How dare you're so greedy? Like, it's just this like, 
overarching thing in society of like, how dare you want like more alone time or you want to take care of yourself more? Like you're a selfish mom. Like, aren't you, don't you know, you're supposed to just like, this is what you signed up for was for motherhood. Um, this is what you're supposed to do for your kids. Like all those supposed to's right. But I've really been unpacking this as we've been trying for another baby going like, it's so interesting because I think a lot of women feel this when it comes to money, right. Where they're like, cause I've talked about this for years of like, they want more money, but they're afraid to say it because they're afraid that somebody's going to be like, but you're doing okay. Like you're better than the people down in Africa. Like, I don't know. Like, so example, right. But like, you're better than the people out in this third world country. Like just be grateful for what you have. Right. And it's like, you can be so grateful for what you have and also want more. I'm giving you permission to want more and it's okay. I want another baby. And that's okay. I'm allowed to want another baby. I'm allowed to be disappointed about the fact that we've been trying for months and it hasn't happened. That doesn't make me any less grateful for the two kids that I have. That doesn't make me, you know, selfish or not appreciative of what I already have. I love my kids and I want more kids. But I, and this is something that I've been thinking about so much as I've been going through the season is just how this correlates to to money, right? Because I, I guess that's the first thing I want to touch on is just giving people permission to want more and you can be both. You can be both so grateful for what you have and the financial abundance that you have now, or maybe even the like way that you've finagled your budget to be able to stay home with your kids if that's your dream. So your husband is working and you're penny pinching and all those things. You can be so grateful for the fact that you're a stay at home mom and you get to be home with your kids and you can want to make more money. And you can want to have a purpose outside of being a mom. Like that's another thing you and I talk about is like this. I was joking. Like I need it more than wiping bums and doing dishes. Like I love my kids, but I am like, that cannot be my whole identity. Right. It's like being with my kids and that's all it is. And so I think that's the first thing <laughs> because people really need to like give themselves permission to want more and just know like, you're going to fight with the guilt. If this is something that has been ingrained in you for years, it's normal that you can sit here and listen to this and be like, yeah, that's right. I am allowed to want more. And then tomorrow your brain's going to go, uh, I think you're being greedy. How dare you want more? And you need to like figure out how to hack your brain where like you can start talking to yourself. I, you know, I think so often we listen to ourselves without speaking to ourselves. Listening to yourself is you listen to the inner dialogue and you let it run around. Speaking to yourself is stepping outside of yourself and going, hey, Sam, I know you're feeling a little guilty about wanting another baby, but you're allowed to. You're allowed to want another baby. That doesn't make you less grateful for what you have. And you need to like give yourself a little pep talk, right? Um, so that's the first piece. I don't know if you want to add anything onto that, Taylor. <laughs> um, Just that I have felt that a lot lately too of like, having to learn to live in that gratitude while also acknowledging that it is simply not the finish line for me. And, but I also think we have to be able to draw like that out of these women that are feeling like the guilt and the shame for wanting what they want um, cause maybe even the word more is triggering for these women of like, just give yourself permission to want what you want, yeah. you know, and be really 
honest with yourself about what those things are, because I truly believe if you are not filling your cup, if you are not doing something that lights your soul on fire, if you are not like truly like moving towards the life and loving your life, even if you're in a hard season, like trying to get to the point where you like love your life, then you are not going to show up as the best mom. And that's all of our like goal, right? Is to like show up as this best mom. But best is relative. Best doesn't mean you're with your kids 24 seven or best doesn't mean you go grind it out at your job so that you have the money to put your kids in all the activities they ask for. Like best can mean that you are just fully present with them when you're with them. Like that can be the best that you're not short with them, that you're not impatient with them. Like that can be best. Like what does best look like to you? And like, you cannot show up that way if you're drained and unhappy and like an empty shell of yourself. Like you just can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you said about like the busy season is this is something that I coach a lot of people on is, you know, we have these goals and dreams. So you give yourself permission to want what you want to go after it. Right. And especially because I coach women in business and then encompassing in that I coach a lot of women on life because typically it's not actually building of a business that that holds people back like the x's and o's of building a business isn't that hard it's typically the life stuff that like keeps us from doing that our self-image our inner thoughts our um being a mom kids getting sick husband being away for travel all these things this is what holds us back (laughs) and I hear so often from people great people who have amazing goals and dreams that I like I'm so excited for them to have everything they dream of, but then they get stuck in the cycle of, well, you know, it's just really busy at work right now. Like I'll, I'll start doing the things I need to do when X, Y, Z, you know, when work settles down, oh, the kids are out of school for the summer. So I'll start doing it in the fall. Oh, fall rolls around. Oh, it's back to school. It's so busy. We got parent teacher interviews. Now it's October. Well, like Thanksgiving is here in Canada in October. Then Thanksgiving is in November in the States. So there's this like holiday season. Well, but like then it's Christmas, like you said. And here's what I've learned outside of like tragedies or like really big things. Like I understand a mom giving birth, taking some time off to like soak in that time with her babies. Awesome. But let's talk in the context of like building an online business. Um, I still built my business when I had a little baby at home because I was like, she slept on me half the time. I was like writing stuff on Instagram. Like you can, if you want to, you don't have life. (laughs) It actually gives me life. Yes. Right. But I think so often we get into this, like, Oh, the kids are sick this week. So I'll do it next week. And, um, you have to learn if you have goals and dreams, you have to learn that like busy is never going away. Like, let's just repeat that busy is never going away. Okay. So that's number one. Your life isn't just going to all of a sudden get less busy. Like you think it will, but like your kids are little. You're like, when they get in school, it'll be less busy. Then all of a sudden now they're in sports and it's a different kind of busy. And then, you know, then they get into their teen years and you're like, well, when they become teenagers and they can drive themselves, I want to drive them to sports. Yeah. But like, then there's a different thing. I don't know. I don't have teenagers yet, but I just know from all the parents I've talked to that like, there's always going to be something that's going to keep you busy. So number one, busy isn't going to go away. 
Number two, I think busy is an over-glorified word that we really need to stop using as a badge of honor. I'm so busy. It's like, awesome. You know what I say? I'm so, I I had such a productive day because I don't want to feel busy. I don't feel like I am, I am in control of my time. I think that people that really latch on to I'm so busy is it's because they feel like their time is out of control because they're not actually living their life in alignment with their values and they're not telling their time where to go and they don't have a plan for their day. So they just run around like a chicken with their head cut off and they feel so busy, but then they don't feel like they got anything done because they didn't actually have a plan and they don't know where they're going because coming back to that, they don't know what they want. Right. So then they're like, I'm so busy, but nothing's getting done. So then we feel, well, I'm so busy and nothing's happening. So how could I possibly add? And I think this is where, once again, figuring out what do you want? What do, what life do you want? What do you want to create over the next five, 10 years? What's going to light your soul on fire? Or for me, like my mission is how do we make the most amount of money in the least amount of time so that we have the time and money to live the life that we want? That is, that's my mantra. I'm like, most yeah. amount of money, in the least amount of time. So we have the time and money to live the life we want, right? It sounds like what you're saying too, is like when you get it aligned, you learn how to let go of the things that are keeping you busy because they weren't yes. aligned in the first place. Like you're yeah. running around, you're filling your calendar with things that you didn't even want to say yes to in the first place. That's why you're too busy to do the thing that lights your soul on fire. So it's like, yeah. And I want to talk all day, <laughs> um, I know, but I want to give you a few minutes to talk about your masterclass and your cohort coaching, because it is all related back to this mindset. And I know your masterclass is called the mind shift, which is like, obviously what we're talking about. You have to make these shifts. You have to shift from, this is what I'm supposed to do to this is what I want to do. You have to shift from, you know, I'm fine. This is fine. We're okay to I'm allowed to want more, but you also have to shift from grabbing, grabbing, grabbing for what's ahead of you to, I can be grateful for the now. Like there's a lot of these shifts and we never arrive. Like the thoughts continue to come up. I know they come up for you still. They definitely come up for me still. And so like, what are some of these mindset strategies that you're teaching in this that like when these thoughts come up and I like to call them like trash thoughts, like, because they will not if they do, when they do, because they will, like, what are some <laughs> of the things that you're doing, like tangible things that people can do? And then how can they like, get into your freebie, get into your cohort, if they're interested in that? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. Okay, so mind shift is, it's put together for the woman that wants to start her own business, but that has maybe some mindset blocks has some self doubt, some fear, some limiting beliefs. But honestly, I like it is such it's basics of how to understand your thoughts, understand your brain, and then start to shift those more in alignment with what you want. Okay. So even if you don't want to start a business, it adds so much value. It's free. Go check it out. I think Taylor's going to put in the show notes. Um, but it really just, so you know, it's catered to the woman that is like, I want to build a business specifically in the online space. And I want to make an income, but I need mindset is everything, right? Mindset is 90% of what we do. So you need to get your thoughts in alignment. <laughs> but in MindShift, one of the things that I teach that I just want to talk about because I think it will add value to everybody that's listening 
is I'm a certified mindset and life coach through the Social Selling Leadership School, which is put on by Kristen Boss. So PNC is her um, framework of really teaching you how to notice your thoughts. So PNC is, and I just want to give credit to her because it is her, it's her material. I'm allowed to teach on it because I'm a certified coach, but I always want to mention her because yeah, I'm just so grateful for the program that she put together. So PNC is pause, notice, choose. Okay. So when you have a trash thought, as Taylor calls it, just to like, or when you feel overwhelmed or you have feelings that you're like, wow, this is really not what I want to feel. Step one is just to pause, take pause and just go. Hmm. Okay. So this is just your moment to stop. And now you get to give yourself space to respond versus react, right? This is so helpful if you are a parent. I promise you, this is going to like radically change your life, okay? So pause. Step two is notice. Just take a minute to notice what is happening in your brain, in your body. Think, you know, to, to take notice of like what thoughts are going through your head. Like you said, like, oh, you're making me so frustrated. And then you take a pause and you notice, huh, that's not what I wanted to say. That's actually not true. Hey, I'm feeling really frustrated right now, right? <laughs> when you when you notice, I want you to notice your emotions, your feelings. Am I feeling mad or or sad or um, resentful or like notice that feeling? And even it can be really helpful to 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 take a second to notice where you're feeling it. Like, oh, my chest feels really tight, right? Because that awareness gives us so much power over our emotions. And then C is choose. So pause notice and then choose is this thought and feeling that it's producing serving you because thoughts create feelings right so if you want to change your feelings you have to change your thoughts so just take a minute to choose is this serving me do I like this thought do I like this feeling you don't have to and this is why I want to give you so much power in that you don't have to choose a different thought you can run with it you are in control you have autonomy you get to choose if you want to run with this thought and continue feeling this way, or if you want to go, uh, this, no, I don't like this. So I'm going to consciously choose a different thought, right? Um, and it's so powerful to pause and notice first because toxic positivity is where you just go, oh, don't think that, don't think that, just pick a different thought. And you, you don't take the time to actually acknowledge what your body is thinking and feeling versus pausing, noticing, and then choosing gives you the time to really get in touch with, okay, what was that thought that was creating that feeling? Oh, I didn't like that. Okay, let's shift this. And it comes from a calm place rather than this panic state. Mm. That makes sense? Yeah. And I think the pause and notice is so important too, because then when you are choosing that thought, maybe you are choosing, like you just said, you have that autonomy to stay at that thought. Maybe you're really pissed and you are allowed to stay pissed for a second. Like you don't have to shift, you know? And I want to just add something to this because I do know like the work of like life coaching and like the, the ability to choose a neutral thought. So like you don't have to go from I'm not mad or excuse me from I'm mad to I'm happy you can yeah. just go to a neutral thought of maybe that person was having a bad day and that's why they acted like yeah. that. Like you don't have to be like, I love that person. <laughs> they were nice to me. 
but you totally. can just like make it like these bridge thoughts, I think is what it's called in like life coach school and Kristen boss's training. It's like these bridge thoughts and I, that's so tangible. I love PNC. That's so good. Um, yes, I will put mind shift in the show notes so people can get that, get into your world. I want them to go follow you on Instagram. Um, we will put that in here. You know, we didn't talk a ton. We did, we did talk about this, but like, there's so much more on your page about the money side of things. And just like stepping into like wanting to make a crap ton of money and like women allowing themselves to feel that because like you said, it does give you choice. It doesn't have to be greedy. It really can give you choice. And, you know, if you're feeling any kind of shame or guilt for wanting more money in your life, just remember if you're a good person, you're going to do good things with your money. Like yes, have more money. Yeah. You're going to have more bandwidth to go volunteer at the kid's school. You just are. You're going to have more bandwidth to go donate money to somebody that you care about. Like that's just the reality of it. And so, and I know you asked Taylor about the cohort. Um, yeah. yeah so applications are open. So I teach people how to start their own network marketing business. We partner with the Amway Corporation and a leadership group called Worldwide Group. Um, so I teach people how to start their own Amway business, um, which is awesome. We have I've had my business for 10 years. It's I'm not a newbie at this. I've been here for a long time. I know what I'm doing. I've coached people successfully for the last 10 years. And I um, have this cohort starting October 2nd. So it's eight weeks um, of essentially specialized coaching where you get one-on-one time with me to help you customize a game plan to really make a game plan specific to your goals and your lifestyle in in building your own network marketing business, right? So I I coach moms. Like I have a mom that is like a single mom of two and works part-time. Like that's a different game plan versus a couple that is building this together that they both work full-time with three kids. I've coached singles where it's like, they have a lot more time and bandwidth. Like that's why I love what I do is because it's not a cookie cutter. You can't just go to the link in my bio and sign up. There's an application process. I want to make sure we're a good fit. I want to make sure it's going to be a good fit for you. But then in those eight weeks, you get one-on-one time, you get specialized coaching of how to optimize your Instagram bio, how to have conversations without being a weirdo, how to make content, how to, you know, figure out how you're going to add value to the marketplace. Like I really it's really eight weeks of like helping you get up and running and profitable, which it's October, November, and it fits perfectly going into Christmas and then setting you up to go running into 2024 on the path to where you want to go. And so I'm really excited about it. I love working intimately with women, just helping them figure out what they're, what they want and go after it and customize a game plan. And so Um, like I said, I've been doing this for 10 years. I'm really passionate about what I do and I'm really, um, excited about the women that I get to serve and work with. Um, because I just think there's, when you can help women make more money, it changes the conversation. And when you can help women make more money. And then also like I do free mindset coaching with everybody that I partner with in business. It's like, I just think that having a better mindset and having more money radically changes your life. So obviously, as you know, I'm passionate about that. Um, but that's kind of what that cohort is about. I love that so much. And I love that you brought up earlier how the life stuff and the mindset stuff, it's, it's, it's never just about the business. Like, yes, we come, we want like, and I say we, but like, yes, people want the strategy 
and you're going to give them that in this cohort. They're going to learn how to show up on social media and like how to do the things, the strategy, but we can't implement strategy if we're fighting against these trash thoughts. Totally. You can't show up as this amazing, like light that you keep talking about with this passion. If in the back of your mind, you're like, but this isn't actually, this isn't really actually going to work. And like, I don't actually need this money and I'm actually fine. And like, I'm, I'm really a shitty person for wanting this. Like, so getting through that stuff is vital, vital. Yes. And Um, that's exactly why I made mind shift is because I'm like, what I saw in the marketplace was so many women that were starting businesses in the online space, but that didn't have any of the mindset work. And they, they had the courage to maybe take the leap of faith or they were almost there and they were sitting on the edge, but they just had all this drama and this these trash thoughts. And I'm like, okay, we need to help women with mindset before they start in business. And after they start in business, right. I wanted to do both. I wanted to have something for the woman before when she was like, there, being like, I want it, but like, I'm not quite there, but like, I need help with my mindset. And then partnering with me in business, I get to help women with their mindset through one-on-one coaching that comes with partnering in business. Like it's, it's super, super cool. So Well, I love that. I love what you do. I love how passionate you are. I love how our stories are so different, but so parallel at the same time. And I'm just so excited that we got to chat today. Um, I'm sure we'll do it again (laughs) soon. And um, I will put everything in the show notes. But Sam, thank you so much. And if there's anything else that you want to add, throw it in here and I'll give you the last word. But Yeah. I just think there was like gold nuggets sprinkled throughout this entire conversation. I don't even Um, know to title this podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right. I know that's always the hardest thing is what you call this. Talking about everything. Taylor, I just honestly want to say thank you so much for having me because I love these types of conversations. I love chatting with women that are also in business that are also moms because they get it. Like there's just something so special about a mom preneur as we're calling it um it's just it's a different type of woman it's different to you know juggle the mom life and the business life and all those things I don't know if you heard my kids stomping around upstairs but I'm just I'm so grateful. so right I didn't even hear them you know I'm just so grateful for us being able to connect and you inviting me on here and be able to have this conversation and I hope I added value to the people listening um I know sometimes I can be a little bit blunt and to the point but I just The reason I I'm like that is because I so know that people, that women deserve more. They deserve to feel empowered. They deserve to have somebody in their corner. That's like, no, no, no. Like you can go do this. I'm giving you permission. And that has a coach that will challenge them, that will love on them, that will encourage them, but they'll, will hold them to a higher standard and go, I know you told me you wanted X, Y, Z. And so we're not playing small here. It's time to pull up our big girl panties And let's go get after it because you get one life. That's all you get. I know it's cliche, but it's true, right? And so let's make it epic and awesome and amazing and look back five, 10 years from now and be like, I'm so glad I did the thing. I'm so glad I didn't let fear stop me. I'm so glad I took the leap of faith, right? So that's all I want to say. I just thank you for being here. Such a good way to finish. Well, thank you so much again. Hey, thanks, Taylor. Bye.